Welcome to The Awkward Stare, where Arlene, Jahan, and myself, Natasha, take a long, awkward look at life and deep dive into all manner of subjects. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. If you like what you hear, please share with some friends and follow us for more content. And we love hearing from you. Please don't hesitate to email us at theawkwardstare at gmail.com. That's theawkwardstare at gmail.com. Also, you can find us on Instagram at the Awkward Stare Podcast, and feel free to DM us there as well. So it's Caribbean Heritage Month, and we didn't want to let this month go by without talking about our heritage just a little bit. Let's kick it off with a poem. Hi, everyone. Hope everyone's well. How's our, how are all you ladies? How are you ladies doing today? Well. A little sleepy, shwia, a little bit. No, yeah, a little, just, my body is, you know, exhausted, but I'm here. Yeah, I'm like a little, feeling tired and um, going into the summer, so. Uh, so hopefully, this is not going to, I don't know if this is going to be energizing or whatever, but um, I wrote this poem, I call it, I Reside Here. I hope you both like it. I hope the listeners like it as well. Um, okay, let me start. I reside here on an island that doesn't feel like home, longing for a land that I cannot call home, thinking in color instead of color. Yet, I still reside here, and I am a Yankee when I am there. I stand in the foreign line. Blue passport, should it be red? And still I reside here, during the winter listening to Song for a Lonely Soul, memories of sun dance in my head, knowing the gray concrete is supposed to feel like home. Yes, I reside here, but the rhythm hits me in my soul, and I can still whine, kind of. And I still dream of palm trees, and I still smell the sweetness. Okay, I reside here. But I say good day whenever I get a chance. I think of home most often when I'm on the train. Maybe one day I'll just buy that one way and I'm complete. Thank you for listening to that. Thank you for that. Right? Snaps, girl. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) It makes sense. Got me and my feelings a little bit. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean... hmm. I think that oftentimes I feel like, like, I, I think that our listeners know we, we uh, I reside in New York, Natasha resides in New York. Arlene is originally from New York City, um, yep. <laughs> living in Florida. Um, but this doesn't always feel like home. I was born and raised in Brooklyn and then come, you know, we live in Queens now and it just doesn't feel like home, especially there are times when um, I'm just riding home on a train or something like that. I'm just like, I wish I was somewhere else. And then when I'm in Trinidad, where my family is from, I don't, it doesn't necessarily not feel, it feels more like home, but I don't feel like, I don't always feel like it's home, which is weird. Cause I'm like, I feel more at home in Trinidad than I do here in the country of my birth. But I also don't feel like it's home because I can't claim it. Because I have a U.S. passport, I was born and raised in the U.S., 
you know, I talk like this, I have this accent. So I don't know. How do you, how do you all feel about that, that situation? I feel the same. I think when I go to Trinidad, I don't feel like it's home only because only because I didn't get to grow up there. I didn't get to go to school there. You know, it's almost like here. I know people say, for example, um, uh, like we moved from Brooklyn to Queens, but we were adults when we did that, made that move. So it's like you went to high school. You Where'd you go to high school? Like if you went to high school and like graduate high school, wherever you did that, that's where you're from kind of thing. So I'm always be from Brooklyn. And I did my whole childhood in Brooklyn. I know Brooklyn. Queens, I don't know Queens. And living in Far Rockaway, you don't know fucking Queens. <laughs> like, you don't mm-hmm. know. So, like, I feel like there's no, there's no, there's home for me here, but it's in Brooklyn. But when I go to Trinidad, it's the same thing. It's like, I didn't go to school here. I didn't do anything here. But then my mom can point out, or my dad can point out, even my uncle can point out where my mom grew up. I can go to the shores of Carnage and go by the boats and, you know, see family. And I can see and be told about our family, you know, being fishermen in this place. And I, I feel connected, but I, it's, it's not always feel, it doesn't feel like, it feels like home in that way, but it doesn't feel like home because I didn't actually grow up there. And there's so many things that I don't know and Mm -hmm. I don't know what I don't know. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the piece that that's missing for me, but it feels like home because I walk around that everybody looks more gorgeous than me. (laughs) (laughs) Gorgeous people, but they look like me, you know? And so it, it feels it feels it feels like home, but it doesn't quite hit the same as mm-hmm. walking the streets of Brooklyn and me knowing where I'm going and you know yeah. being familiar. Uh, how do I answer that question? Just um, growing up, DR felt very much like home. Um, every time I would go there, it would feel like it was. I was welcomed and everyone, you know, was always very warm and, and just, it just felt like that was my culture. But that's because in, I grew up in Washington Heights where the Dominican culture is still really strong. It's it's like the vast majority of the people there are, you know, migrants from the Dominican Republic. So, you know, it kind of like all meshes in, but in my adult life now, Going there doesn't really feel like home because I've kind of intermingled with so many other cultures and and stuff, and and I've become more American, I guess, in a lot of my my views, and and so it feels different. It's like it's a completely different culture than what I grew up in, so it doesn't feel the same to me going there now versus when I was a kid um and even in but like even being here in Florida where the where there's so many different um cultures of and there's so many so many different Latino cultures I feel now more connected to my to my Dominican culture and my Latino culture because it it's such a predominant culture here you know, I'm around, I work with Cubans and Puerto Ricans and, you know, we're all like from different parts of, of Latino, you know, countries, but we're all still Latino. And so that, that makes me feel very connected. Like 
I speak Spanish a lot more. My Spanish is, has gotten much stronger since moving here because the majority, like at least 80% of the day I'm speaking Spanish. Um, and there's people that are putting me on to like different parts that I didn't even know, like, you know, the music has evolved. There's now Dembo, which I wasn't like a big fan of, but like my cousins coming here and like seeing them so hype over it. I like, I like start to like it a little bit more. And I'm like, damn, you know, that's like a dope thing that, that, that DR has this, this music where there's so much mixed in it, where it's like, it's reggaeton. It's a lot of, it feels like there's some Afro beats in it. It feels like there's like different mixtures and then there's like everyone's enjoying this music. I'm like, that is super dope. You know, that, that that's like going on and it makes me feel more proud and more connected in that aspect. Um, but like so much of my family now is in America. I, I feel like we've, we've kind of mixed up the American with the Dominican and, and that's a culture within itself. Mm. Oh. Yeah, I I feel you. It's um, it's interesting to like see that mix happen because I think my family over here, um, especially my mom's family, they uh, they're not necessarily wanting to go back to Trinidad, um, like that. Um, so it's kind of like you know they feel more connected to. I don't. I can't say how they feel actually. Um, but I know that they're not majority of them. I'm sorry, not all of them, but majority of them kind of feel more connected to here. Whereas my father's family is like, they come, a lot of them have come here and they've gone back home. And it's just like, um, and I see even say at home, like, but that's not home, is it? Like I'm, I'm from Brooklyn, like, you know what I mean? So it's interesting how when our families come here, um, they kind of make, you kind of have to make a life here. Right. And then they have children and that's what kind of keeps them here. And so it's just like, I don't know. That's interesting that your family is kind of like that has that connection to the Americanness and they kind of just integrated into American society where as like, I don't know if all like some of my family has and some of my family kind of hasn't done that very much. Yeah, I think so. I want to say that I, I, I feel like I, both places are home. I feel like even Trinidad is more home to me than Far Rockaway, even though I just like wish I could just take take this home that we have and just place it back in Brooklyn. Um, because yeah, we we grew up in a community that was it's Crown Heights, right? So Crown Heights is very 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 Caribbean. You can go down the street to a Trini restaurant here, or pick up some food there, or you can go to Jamaica spot here, or you can go to Bayesian place over here. Like I remember growing up, for example, um, and I. <laughs> So it back in the day, so back in the day, so like in the 80s, 90s, I guess you could say what would happen is every every carnival time, somebody would go down or a lot of people would go down and they would use their camcorders. They would record carnival. <laughs> they would record carnival, come back and make copies and sell them. So like on Nostrand, Flappers, Utica, Fulton, like you'd be able, used to be able to purchase the recordings of not only just the what they call the parade of bands, but like the shows. So the live shows. And you get to see it because, you know, it's different. Like in the 80s, 90s, like if you couldn't go, that was your way of way of being able to see what was going on. Right. And I remember my parents would come home with VHS and we would watch hours 
of tapes because oh, we only had one TV. So everybody watched the same fucking thing. And so we would watch hours of Carnival. And my parents would point people out like, oh, look, so-and-so-and-so. I saw my parents knew everybody. I swear they knew every fucking body in China. They always point to somebody out. Why is she looking like that? Or why is she looking like that? I would never forget that. And so growing up, the culture was very strong. And I was, I feel like, I don't know if it was intentional on their part or more like they were missing home. And so therefore they bought those videos or they just wanted to be in the know. I don't, I don't know. And I can't say what their purpose was. But for me, it's what made me love the music and the culture more because there's songs like um, that I remember. And I feel like these are songs that stick with me because I, I felt like at those points, they, at hearing those songs at the time, for some reason, they, I don't know, sunk into my body and it made me feel like a, the connection that I, I talk about when I feel with Trinidad. So some of those songs are, um, there's a song by an, a, a girl, her name is Natasha. <laughs> Natasha's a very popular name in Trinidad, by the way, y'all. So anyway, <laughs> Natasha Wilson. Um, and there's two songs that she had. One was called One Day and the other one's called Sweet TNT. And these two songs, every time I hear them, they make me think of my childhood and sitting down and, you know, watching these um, these VHS <laughs> recordings of carnival they make me think of my mom we used to have a um what the fuck is the thing called i couldn't remember what it was last night either um the, the turntable thing she used to put on records and we would just she was like just we had like these little dance parties i don't know if johan you remember that mommy mm-hmm. she used to be like dance everybody we would just be whining and having little parties but it was always to soca and i would never forget that those more memories those these two songs make me remember make me remember that and also, um, there's a song by another soca, well, Calypso artist. His name is David Rudder. He, my parents, especially my dad, loves music. My dad loves all kinds of music. And when he played music, he played a lot of David Rudder. And so growing up, he, and even now to this day, he's still my favorite artist. And he's like, you know, much older. He's not like the, one of the new soca artists. And people don't know about him if you're over, you know, uh, under a certain age, but um, Bahia Girl, this song, every time I hear it, it reminds me of Trinidad. It just makes me think of Trinidad automatically and it, it makes me smile so much. And I don't know, I don't know why, but that's, that's one of them. And the last one I'll say, it's like a lady named Melanie, Melanie, um, Melanie Hudson. Um, and I don't know who she is, honestly, but the song I know from when I was growing up to like, like little, like really, really young. And it's called, I Will Always Be There For You. And it's like a song about Trinidad and Tobago being one and then this is how you take like almost like she's singing as she's as if she's Trinidad and Tobago and Trinidad and Tobago are the are the are the mother of the people and it's just such a beautiful song like growing up I didn't know that's what it was about but I was listening to it recently and I started really listening to the words and I was like oh it's not a love song it's a love song but about for the people and I'm like this is so sweet mm. so these songs remind me of my childhood and make me remember who it is that I am and I think as much as I may walk the street of that and feel like this is home, but not home, it's still home to me. And I have to always remind myself that this doesn't have to be a but. Like my parents used to be like, you're American, you're born in America, but you're Trinidadian. I feel like I'm born in America and yeah. I'm Trinidadian. <laughs> yeah. That's it's not like a but, it's, it's an and. So I had to make that switch for myself in my head and say, okay, I can be both. I don't have to pick. So regardless of what somebody else may think of me, I really am both. Yeah. Sorry for that long thing, (laughs) y'all. 
so, you know, yeah, you are. I, I don't know. Like, it's so weird for me because I do feel like I'm both. But then I have, like, you know, also, like, my grandmother is of Haitian descent. Like, my great-grandparents are Haitian. Um, they, but they grew up and they were raised in, in the Dominican Republic. They were born and raised in the Dominican Republic. And so there's that part that here I'll see, like, there's a, there's a big Haitian community here in Florida as well. And, like, if I say, like, okay, you know, my grandmother was of Haitian descent, like, it's so weird. Like, I don't know anything of that culture. So I, like, don't, the music is beautiful and the people are beautiful. But, like, I'm just like, you know, I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't know uh, any of it. yeah that's all I could say you know Mm -hmm. like I didn't know any (laughs) of it so that that, that's a part there where I I feel disconnected to one part of my lineage that that I have that I really don't know anything about as well but then I've also lived in the Bahamas and and like I feel like I've experienced that culture and I connect to that as well I've, I've I've like connected to so many different cultures that it's just like kind of made me who I am because I've also been big in the Trini, you know, community and I love Soka and, and the culture as well and learned so much about that. And that's part of my personality now, you know, like I know that when I have kids, they will have all these different parts that I've experienced instilled in them. And that'll be a whole different type of community culture in one human, you know, like it's super weird for me. Yeah, I think that touching on the point of like being um, exposed to different kinds of cultures, um, that's been the benefit of living in New York City and growing up and like going to public school and being exposed to different kinds of people. And even being in Crown Heights, just being exposed to different kind of Caribbean um, people all over the Caribbean, it's just been um, an exciting experience <laughs> to say the least, like, um, because it's not like you go to a, a, like a, a fet and you're not just in a fet with Trinidadians or in a fet with like people from Barbados or people from St. Lucia, um, people from St. Vincent. And like some of my friends are from all over the Caribbean and, you know, you, you get to know like different things. And of course, you know, you would think that there's this, um, idea of superiority but it's like you get at least you get to learn how much you um how much your cultures intersect in in different ways and the music intersects and how you know you can hear a song from one island it's just like oh my god this really hits me in my soul and that's how I feel like sometimes like I remember we went me and Natasha went to um Barbados carnival with our cousin from Trinidad um and that was a good time well it was a different kind of good time super hot there but um fucking hot bro it's I can, hot it's a different kind of hot like it's a different kind of hot. <laughs> we don't have to get into it like, <laughs> I, you know we know he and I don't mind being hot but like I felt like my fucking blood was boiling I was like bitch what are you doing where are you I need you to leave a sap okay I won't get but, into it that hot was hot <laughs> but you know the music you know they have a different kind of you know soca music and it's just like it, it was it was still, you know, it could still be, it's still good. I'm going to, 
don't jump on me, anybody. But it was so good. And you know what I mean? There's certain songs that just was like, yes, my body is moving to this. And I think that that's the thing. Like, you, you get a chance to be open to different things and not to think that, you know, one culture is better than the other. It's just like, this is different. This is something different and I can learn from it. So, yeah. I, I, like, it's good to grow up in New York City and be able to experience that. I think it was, it's all of that. Like, I think the things that I love the most about just generally Caribbean culture is, of course, we could talk about food and music all day, but one of the things that I love too, like the folklore and like for mm-hmm. carnival, I love, 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 like they call the old mass because that I feel like connects us to our African roots too, which has so much to offer. Mm-hmm. And I just finished watching High on the Hog, which is really about how the cuisine, like African uh, African American cuisine, has transformed America. But they go on, they talk about like the African roots, like they went to Benin, and that's a place that I don't know. I must what go. My, what my affinity is to Benin, but maybe my people are from there, and it's calling me home. I don't know. But they went to Benin, and I was like amazed mm-hmm. at little, even the little things that you know they talked about of a, 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 like a cake called gato, and gato is something that in the part of Trinidad my mom is from that they that they make and or they used to make because I don't think they make it anymore but like I was like what like I didn't and I'll be looking for a recipe for gato since my grandmother passed away because we love gato I can still taste it and so it's like we have so much to offer as Caribbean people that is so connected still to being African-American and I used to not be sure if I want to be classified African. Like, why can't I be Caribbean American? It's not an option on any on any forms or any surveys. But then I'm like, it's still that Africanness that I have in me that I'm, I'm definitely tied to, and I and I do love, and it allows me to feel like I have some kind of purpose, and I'm standing on the shoulders of some great ass fucking people, yeah, dope ass yeah. people. I was gonna say too, it's like we are all connected through African roots, and that's the strength in in the Caribbean culture in general, Latino Caribbean cultures, like Afro-Latinos, Dominicans, Cubans, Puerto Ricans, South Americans, Mexicans, like have like all of it. that music that connects us all. Is, it's that African root that's there. And that's why I feel like I connect to so many different Caribbean cultures because it's like we all have these similarities we season our food a little bit better, but essentially, oh, us, uh, not better, essentially uh, a little bit differently, all of us, but it's still. I'm like, hold up, wait, girl. Wait, wait. We season our food differently, but we still mm-hmm. essentially eat the same kind of thing, you know. Um, the only one that I've seen that's a little bit different is like Guyana and, and Trinidad that has a lot of Indian roots in them. Mm-hmm. In, in as far as the cooking style, but like Caribbean, ha- Dominican and Haitians cook very similar, like Puerto Ricans cook very similar, Cubans cook very similar. Like it's a lot of similarities in, uh, in the type of foods that we cook and all of that stuff. The type of music that we listen to, it's all like drum bass, you know, strong bass that'll move your freaking body. And you might not understand the language, but it's still, you still moving. And that's why I connect to a lot of Afro beats too, because I hear a lot of my culture's music in that, in that 
Afrobeats in the in that Caribbean, um, you know, Senegal. Their mm-hmm. music is very similar to the Dominican Republic, like with the with the accordions and the and stuff like that. Like that's all rooted in Africa. So yeah, I was gonna say like even but even if you if you, if you if you think about it, like Trinidad has. I guess you could say two, two, two types of cuisine and those cuisines are what they call Creole and then they call Indian. Mm-hmm. So the Creole food is no different than anywhere else. Trinidad has some different names because Trinidad had so many different colonial rulings, um, whereas many other places just had kind of one, like Dominican Republic had, I think they had, yeah, had the yeah, Spanish, they, but it was something else before Spanish, no? Uh, there was, I don't know. I think it was just Spanish just, and it, they so, were ruled it was a divide. One was ruled by the French. One French, was- it was. Right, so that was it is. So it's Hispaniola. Was it, the, the divide was French and Spanish. But Trinidad was colonized by the, well, it ended up being in the, with the British in the end, but it was had French at some, to- at some points. It had um, uh, Spanish at some point. So it's like you have all those influences um, in, in what we might call something. And then, of course, originally, a lot of the places in Trinidad are still the indigenous names, too, especially in central part of Trinidad. So you have all of that. And so we might call things differently. But when it comes down to it, you look at all the foods, the Creole foods are all the same than other places in, in the Caribbean. The macaroni pie, the, you know, the fish and cuckoo, like all these things is all the same as other places. The rice and peas, the peas and rice, however people want to call it, it's all the same. And again, the season may be a little bit different. But that Creole food is straight up African, just in a different place. We just use what we had a little bit differently, called a little bit of different name, depending on who was there at the time. Like when you think about the slave trade and stuff like that, how people flowed, it's not like people just stayed one place. And sometimes people came from the America, United States to down to the Caribbean. And it was there was an exchange. And so there was always an exchange of ideas throughout that. Um, transatlantic slave trade. And that's one thing I want to learn more about for myself because because I understand, like, you, we didn't just stay one place. <laughs> we, you know, th- there was a movement of people. Um, however, you know, uh, slavers wanted to move us. But we, we exchanged ideas with each other, you know? So, yeah, I recently learned that there was a, a lot of uh, enslaved Africans that came from, or that were taken from Barbados, mm-hmm. they spoke, you know, or they brought over. But anyway, they, and they went to South, um, what's that called? Uh, Louisiana. And I was like, damn, all right, well, that's interesting. But I like to learn more about those things too. I really would. Yeah, it's, it's super interesting, like all of it. Essentially, it just, to me, it all boils down to, you know, we're all rooted in the same kind of thing. And, and we're we're all like, us Caribbean and, and anyone of like, you know, I guess descendants of Africanness have a lot of similarities and, and I, I think in generally like even when we do the uh the Caribbean Day parade and stuff and and how all that goes, um like how we can all kinda intermix and like celebrate together and that's a time that is like of love, even though it ends up being, you know, in Brooklyn and the shootouts and shit, but we're not going to talk about that part. But <laughs> Not always, not always. You know. <laughs> I feel like that's a conspiracy. I feel like they just, they be trying to <laughs> shut our shit down, son. I really do. I'm going to say that loud and proud. Like, the police don't want that shit. You okay that part, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to run for my life this day. 
<laughs> I don't want that kind of anxiety. <laughs> Shoot. Maybe do it too much. Right. Like, you know, stop stop trying to, you know, sort your beefs out at, at these celebratory events, please. Like I really definitely agree and I feel like what we what we have is something beautiful and I I wanted to or I would hope that uh, we can continue to like celebrate ourselves in the ways that we have and the ways that are that feel good to us. So that song, the song by David Rudder, the Bahia Girl, in the song he talks about a girl that he meets and she's from Brazil and she's from Bahia. And and in the song, there's a line where she basically says, Trinidad and Brazil are so connected. And I always remember that line because I never understood what she meant. As I got older and I, I, I developed this affinity to Brazil and even learning Brazilian Portuguese, it's like there are so much similarities between Trinidad and Brazil because number one, it's that Africanness. And like statistically, I think I've said this before here or maybe just in conversation, but statistically, this, this statistic to me is absolutely amazing because I just, you would never think this way, but Brazil is humongous. But Brazil has the highest number of African people of the diaspora. So nowhere in the, like outside of Africa, Brazil has the highest number of African people, basically put it that way. Like outside of Africa, which has a billion people on that continent, you have this country that has the second highest number of African people. Like that's amazing to me. And so in that song, by Your Girl, it makes me think of, of that connection. So like we don't only have connections to other Caribbean people in the Caribbean. We have connections to, like you said, people in South Africa, in South, South Africa, South America, Central America, talking to my niece about, you know, you know, Central America and Belize and places like that. There's African people everywhere. And so our culture right. is all of it. That's mm-hmm. all our culture because we come from the same, the same root. And I think embracing that would give us so much power if we understood how we could stand together and celebrate the way we know how to celebrate, which yeah. is through, through love and like our music and yes, our food and yes, all of it. And I, I can't imagine a world where people of African descent stand together and show people what love is. Yeah. And I, I think that, that that comes back to the the idea that, you know, all of our foods are like similar. The music is similar. And instead of us trying to, I don't know, think that there's some kind of superiority like from one culture to the next or thinking that one of us is so, so, like has some kind of, I don't know, um, advantage over the other. It's like kind of like just thinking like, you know, we can work together and we can create something that, you know, much better. We don't have to be beholden to um, the uh, the quote unquote dominant cultures in this world where we're, we have to sell our resources or or we can work together in some kind of collaborative way so that we can be stronger as a community. And I think that that's what is missing. And uh, when we talk about uh, Caribbean heritage, it's like there, there's so much um, opportunity to just for the Caribbean, just for Latin America um, to just work together, Caribbean and Latin America to just work together and create something that's like so much more sustainable than just like 
oh, I'm going to just sell my stuff to the U.S. I'm going to let the U.S. run how I'm doing things or Europe is going to help run how I'm doing things. No, you run how you're doing things. You decide. You make you make the decisions. And you make sure that you're strong, stronger together. You know, you stand together. You're stronger together. So I don't know. That's a political tangent I went on. <laughs> I was going to say, well, that would take for the, the powers that be to have the interest of their people uh, at hand and that would be the greater factor than rather than allowing outer outer beings and outer sources to impose upon your land you know that Mm -hmm. take a a sort of strength to to do that and independence because a lot of countries will say they're independent but they're not independent like if your if your dollar still has british you know, queens and kings on it, I'd say, you know, that's the powers that control your shit still, you know? I agree. I agree. I think that's the, that's the problem. You got to move out of that uh, post-colonial mentality of, you know, like we have to be beholden to these entities and you don't, you just don't have to. That's just, that's my take on it. And I think I, I just took us off on a, rant <laughs> as usual. Not at all. I think it's well, all right. topic. We're talking about Caribbean heritage. We're talking about also how we're building going forward. Yeah. So like we could talk about the past and what's happened and how we grew up and things like that. But like how how are we for example, how am I gonna talk to my nieces about my culture? Mm-hmm. Our, that's and that's my culture. I say it's my culture because that's how I grew up. You know, and that also being culture also being the New York being in New York City, growing up in New York City in the eighties and the nineties. In the 2000s, you know what I mean? Like, that's all part of it. So how do I tell them about that? And how can they, how can I inform what they could be thinking about for their futures? So I just really feel like it's important to talk about that going forward. Like, how do we build communities in the Caribbean that are sustainable? Like, the way things were built before was very Europeanized. It was very European-focused. And we don't think like that. But yet, so we forced ourselves into this mentality of thinking like, how things were built, structures were built, how roads were built. This, this is how they still have it. Like in China, nothing's really changed structurally. So it's like, how do you, how do you, how do we upgrade and think in terms of in with that Africanness that we have, mm-hmm. with that, with that mindset of how do we build before that worked, and how can we modernize it so that it can be sustainable going forward? How can we make things more green? How do we make less use less use less concrete? How do we get away from the fact that, oh, yes, you have oil, so that's how you're going to make your money. Everybody now has oil, you know, like that's not something that's hard to get anymore. How do we move away from that and say, OK, so are we doing ag- how we how we how we using agriculture? Are we growing things for ourselves and for our communities or are we dependent on getting potatoes from Idaho to be brought down to Trinidad? I just don't understand why that is like, why would you do that? And then it costs so much because obviously it's coming a long way. Putting shit in the in the atmosphere in the ozone layer to fly that plane to bring them damn potatoes that people can't afford anyway, and so it's like all these little things to me matter in how we talk about Caribbean heritage because like we could celebrate our heritage and I want to celebrate our heritage because that's important because like where you knowing where you come from is important to know how you're gonna go forward right. We also need to talk about how we build on that heritage in a sustainable way so that we can be around another thousands of years if the earth lets us but that's only that's going to require us to take care of the earth in a way that currently we don't 
I don't want to say we don't know how to, but we just don't. Mm-hmm. Right. So true. And as African people, we are connected to the earth. And, and we know, like, inherently, when you just go back to feeling like, all right, we, this is the earth, is, is we're connected to this shit. And therefore, we should not be trying to fit ourselves into the, into the, I don't know, whatever of neoliberal model, <laughs> right? The neoliberal model, like into that. Neo, we should, we should, we do not need to be doing that. We don't need to be trying right to into this matrix. It's not ours. It's not ours. Like we know, we know better. We know better. I don't know. That's my rant. We know better. That's it. You don't get me into the fucking shit, false construct that we live in, but we all agree is real. So. You know, that part. But we definitely in this motherfucking matrix, one of the numbers going up and down the fucking shit. Gotta jump out that bitch somehow. I don't know how yet, but still trying to figure that part out. I think we work on our generation um, really being vocal about, about moving forward. And we already know like what we're doing that's not helpful. (laughs) Uh, our generation can teach the next generation how to be better at you know being better citizens um of this planet earth because we're not we haven't been um so far it's 11 11 (laughs) almost a yeah intentions oh now it is now it is here we go Uh, well, as we wrap up, and I, I love that conversation that we just had about moving forward, um, but for yourself, like, what do you want to do next when it comes to Caribbean heritage? Are we planning a trip to the Dominican Republic? Are we, um, what do, what's the next thing? You said it, you said it. Don't ask no more questions. <laughs> I've been dying to go to the Dominican Republic. I want to have me some good mango. And listen to some good bachata, and I'll even drink a presidente. And <laughs> all up in that bitch. She said, "I'll even, even." <laughs> Just say you're gonna do it, and that's it. <laughs> my fucking Yankee ass. Um, can I have a presidente? Yes, a, a president, a president, presidente. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be me and like me when I go to Trinidad. I'm always like, "Can I have a Coca Cola?" Yes, a Coca Cola. And they like, you want some Cokes? You want some Cokes? That's what they say to children. Right? That cracks me up. Like, Cola, please. And they were like, you want some Cokes? Is a Coke you want? <laughs> Incense. This made me so mad. They be like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's what that. That's what they really say. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> One thing is, I'll be like, I'll, I'll respond like, yeah, that. Just what you said. <laughs> At least I understood what you said. You understood me and I understood you. That's not right. Give my shit. Rosie would be like, what? What? What's that? Presidente, please. Por favor. Hey, por favor. Por favor. Por favor. With with your metal straw. With my metal. (laughs) My sustainably. My Dominican car would be fucking revoked. (laughs) My little uh, sustainable straw here, you know? Presidente Pofaro. <laughs> no, no. You can keep, your strong, you can keep it. You can season with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are they biodegradable? 
are you using plastic? No, I can't use that. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> the lime, it'll just go to waste if I put it in the drink. So, and I can't fit my straw. So, um, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, at the end of this, we're going to plan a trip to the Dominican Republic and going to be as Yankee and out of place as possible. <laughs> Anybody, anybody speak English? English? English, English please. Like that, please? Yeah, coño. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be so upset. Coño. <laughs> and mind you, like, at least here in New York, we used to have to learn Spanish from, like, sixth grade. I am still not fluent. I have numerous Dominican friends. I have a Puerto Rican friend. Just found out she's actually El Salvadorian as well. But that's another conversation for another day. And I still am not fluent in Spanish. It's y'all fault. I blame all my Dominican friends. I think you're pretty good, though. You can defend yourself pretty good. Listen, I went to Colombia and I was so surprised people understood me. I was like, oh, y'all get what I'm saying? I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't speak any Spanish. I'm good. Por favor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my favorite word in Spanish that I know because I don't know all the vocabulary, is basura. Basura. Oh. <laughs> basura Trash. <laughs> I do know coño. Coño. Coño is like the, like the universal word for all bad words. Yeah, I, I know that. Like fuck. <laughs> but it's coño. Coño, coñazo. We're doing good. We're doing great. And uh, I love it. And and there we have our our lesson. There 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 is our one on one right there. Spanish coño <laughs> basura. Yeah. Write it down and use it in a sentence. Exactly. Hello, okay. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I think we. Hey. Que paso. Que paso. Que te quiere. Que quiere. La biblioteca. La biblioteca. <laughs> I feel like there's pantalones in every language. <laughs> Everybody knows biblioteca and pantalones. Pantalones! <laughs> all right, we got to stop because we can do this all day. <laughs> but I want to thank you all for listening to the Awkward Stare podcast. Um, <laughs> if you like what you heard, please follow and share with some friends, follow us and then share with some friends, um, for more content like this. And you can also follow us on Instagram at the awkward stare podcast. Also, you can slide into our DMs. Don't hesitate to do that, to tell us how we're doing. And you can also email us at the awkward stare at gmail.com. That's the awkward stare at gmail.com. All right. Bye.